0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of The Voice of the Lang. I'm Joe Kennedy, Head of Marketing, and today I'm joined once again by our brilliant client directors and media experts, Maya Olsen and Michael Treasure. So firstly, Maya and Michael, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: It's my pleasure. So today you're going to be talking to us about death and disgrace insurance, which is a specialist cover that I don't think many people would know about. Please could you start by telling us exactly what Death and Disgrace cover is?
1: So in a nutshell, Death and Disgrace is an insurance policy designed for advertising agencies, production companies or brands to cover an individual celebrity in the event that they die or disgrace themselves.
0: I see. So why would agencies or brands buy this cover? How could it protect
1: them? So it covers the financial loss the agency, production company or brand would have because the production, transmission, publication of an advert or campaign has to be cancelled, abandoned or withdrawn from transmission. And this can be as a result of the particular celebrity dying, committing a criminal act, being involved in a situation which is offensive to public taste or decency, Or suffering an injury or illness, which is likely to result in a permanent physical or mental disability. And this is already covered to an extent by production policy.
2: Yes, it is. If we take a a step back and look at the wider shoot process, when advertising agencies and production companies are creating an advert together, they will both have insurance policies which covers them for cancellation, abandonment or delay of the shoot and the agency here, which normally engages with the feature talent of the shoot itself, they will have what's called an advertising agents indemnity policy. And within that cover, the policy already offers death and disgrace, which would cause cancellation or abandonment of a production. And that would be covering both celebrity talent, but also non-celebrity talent, celebrities would need a specific top-up policy to cover them for the duration of that particular ad project. So during the post-production period, and then up until the actual launch date. And then whilst the ad is running on whatever medium it's going to run on, whether that be TV, cinema, online, and the celebrity is then covered in the event that they disgrace themselves or cause a scandal in any way, or potentially die or injure themselves with lasting, uh, repercussions for the purposes of non-celebrity talent, the advertising agents indemnity policy provides cover throughout the shoot, as well as the post shoot edit, And then during the transmission or publication period as well, until the ad is pulled or stops, stops running altogether. So it sounds as if this really is an absolutely critical
0: cover for brands and agencies who work with celebrities. It'd be really interesting if you had some examples of scenarios that you could share with us, please.
1: So if I paint you a picture, if you imagine you're a brand and you have a campaign, whether that be for adverts on TV, whether that's billboards, but your brand campaign And you want a celebrity to be the face of that particular campaign. You'll potentially be investing quite a lot of money for the duration of that campaign. And of course that includes production, the agencies, that could include media time that you buy. And also the fee that the celebrity would be paid. So if you imagine that you wrap the shoot and as Maya mentioned cover was automatically provided for celebrities during that period. But then during post-production, your celebrity that you've just contracted with does something to disgrace themselves in the public. Would you really still want to have them as the face of this massive campaign that you're just about to launch? And these are the issues that we're talking about here and where this particular policy may be needed.
2: Sometimes we also have a a scenario where a celebrity is the face of the brand, so that celebrity is then used repeatedly in different adverts for a longer term campaign for that particular brand. I'm here thinking of maybe George Clooney with the Nespresso adverts, for example, where he was in lots of different shoots. Also, Rob Bryden, who was for a long time the face of uh, P&O Cruises. And then of course, one of my favorites, Gary Lineker, being the face of Walker's Crisps, which always tickles me. At that point, there's a longer established sort of death and disgrace exposure as well, where the the brand can then consider together with the advertising agency to have a rolling contract for the celebrity for either individual shoots or ongoing, just because they are so closely connected brand and talent that the brand will forever have um, an exposure there if something does happen to the talent themselves. So that's always a consideration worth taking when starting out on a project where you want to be connected and have a particular face associated with your brand to do the risk analysis as well. What will that person bring to our brand? And also, are there any bigger exposures here? Because that person is perhaps a little bit more outspoken or is a little bit older or has got some history in any other way that could be potentially a risk or detrimental to to the project itself. So I
0: can clearly see why this policy could be of extreme value to an agency or a brand. So what information would insurers need to enable them to offer insurance of this type?
1: So quite often the insurer will just need the celebrity's name. There's so much information out there on the internet that often the insurer can gather a wide picture of the risk this celebrity would have just by looking through past articles, press, anything that that celebrity has done in the past at all. They would often take into account the age of the celebrity, their medical history, but often that information isn't widely available, so insurers would ask for a statement of health, or they may even ask for a medical to be completed on behalf of the celebrity. So all of this information combined will give the insurers a picture of, one, whether they want to provide terms for this celebrity, but also on what kind of rate. So a particular celebrity that has maybe done something recently or previously that was a disgrace, and that could be something that was offensive to public taste or decency, insurers may charge a much higher rate for them than they would for someone that's relatively quiet, not really very outspoken and just goes about their day-to-day life, even though they are a celebrity, as in they would be recognised by the general public.
2: Sometimes when we encounter problems here is then if the celebrity is not happy to divulge information or to share information about themselves. As Michael said, a statement of health form has to be completed in some scenarios. That has to be done by the individual's GP. But sometimes insurers will ask for a full medical to be done, which has to be done by an independent medical practitioner and paid for by either the brand or the agency. And we have encountered scenarios where the celebrity has refused to undergo the medical, which then of course causes problems with transparency for the insurers. And they then sometimes have to modify the insurance cover that they are providing. Because of the lack of information and because of of course the high risk that they take on when they are providing the cover. So,
0: Maya, is it always clear cut if someone's a celebrity or not? When does someone actually become
2: a celebrity? Well, there is a definition of a celebrity, which is someone who is recognisable by a broad section of the general public when walking down the street. So that would be a classification of a celebrity. It's someone we recognize, whether that be, you know, sort of in the UK or worldwide, it sort of depends. Okay, I see. Thank you. There are actually scenarios as well where there's a a transition of cover needed. For example, where there is a storyline and a sequence of various adverts where the same person is used, where that might have been a talent who is not known to the wider public in the first two or three adverts, but it really resonates with people. They start talking about it, which is of course the ultimate for an agency and for a brand to have. And then slowly that actor or actress then become celebrities because of the sequence of adverts that they have done. And then there's a transition where The normal standard cover no longer applies and you actually have to start buying additional death and disgrace insurance cover for that person. So examples of that could be some of you of my age may remember Halifax did a sequence of adverts with a guy who did a lovely dance and he was just, I think he was even a Halifax employee. And he then did a whole sequence of maybe seven or eight adverts. And by the time it finished. He was a celebrity. He was asked to talk uh, in various talk shows and things about his journey, going from being a bank person to actually being someone that people recognized in the streets. Another person like that is the Go Compare feature talent, who is an opera singer, I believe, but not widely famous. But now, of course, he's highly insured because of his long-standing relationship with the Go Compare adverts. So it sounds as if the issue of celebrities and at
0: what stage a person actually becomes a celebrity and the associated impact on cover is clearly a lot more complex than you'd realise or that anyone would realise. Is this something that your expertise can help agencies and brands with, something that can help to protect their investment?
1: Absolutely, this is where we can help protect their investment. Often the brands and the agencies will be wrapped up in the creativity of the advert or the campaign. So that's where we take a step back, look at the wider picture. We can analyze and risk assess the project as a whole and discuss these issues and concerns, which they might have. And that's how we can often help our clients win brownie points with the brand, which is often their client by bringing these things to their attention and making them aware of the extra cover that is available and the ramifications of not having this in place. Of course, this comes at an extra cost and is an additional policy the brand would ultimately have to pay for. But as we've discussed, when you look at the wider picture and the financial impact it could have on the brand, it's definitely worth the conversation.
0: So it would be great if you were able to share some real life examples of incidents where a death and disgrace policy may have been very helpful for agencies or brands working with these celebrities.
2: Well, looking back over time there are certainly plenty of intrigues and situations where scandal has occurred which could have impacted celebrities looking right back for example the original host of bbc's have i got news for you angus deaton was caught in a very compromising uh, position which led him to have to leave the program and i don't think he's been seen much since i know he does some radio work and things but That would certainly be a scenario where the death and disgrace policy would come into question had it been taken out for him. A more recent situation was when Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross on a radio show pulled an inappropriate prank on Andrew Sachs, who of course is well known as playing Manuel in Forty Towers which then also caused both of them to be suspended because the BBC received a record number of complaints and had either of them been promoting brands, those relationships could have been severed as well as a result of it. So, you know, these are certainly older scenarios, but Michael, there's been quite a few more recent incidents as well, haven't there?
1: There certainly have. There was the incident with Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars, We had the Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney dispute. James Corden was banned from a New York restaurant. This was after allegedly being rude to the staff. And then also you had Mason Greenwood, the footballer for Man United. He was caught up in an allegation of a sexual assault, which thankfully has been dropped. But particular brands have still suspended their endorsements with him. These are all examples of where celebrities have maybe caused a bit of a stir in a negative fashion, and had they been part of a campaign or an advert for a brand, this is an example where this particular policy would have been called into play.
0: So, I can see from your examples that without insurance, agencies can be in real peril and liable to pay out huge amounts of money. Do you have any examples of claims and how this insurance can give agencies the protection and the
2: financial security that they all clearly need. Definitely, Joe. The cover does offer quite serious protection for brands and is quite a key part in the whole ad process if you are working with celebrities. I can give you a claim scenario. If you, for example, have a three-day shoot period to shoot and film an advert somewhere hot and exotic, nice, and you have a celebrity there, let's call it three-day costs, half a million quid, Plus the celebrity fees. So the total budget exposed is, say, £800,000. That's a lot of money. And that investment needs to be protected where absolutely possible, because there are many things that can go wrong. The advertising agent's indemnity and the producer's indemnity policies will cover off incidents that are unforeseen during the shoot itself. And it covers the talent as well for arriving late, not turning up, but also for death and disgrace, of course, as we've mentioned before. If all goes well during the shoots, then once it's a wrap, the death and disgrace cover for the celebrity, of course, falls away. And that's where we need to buy the new policy, which then has to be enforced pretty much immediately to take over from the time the advertising agents indemnity policy finishes. During the post-production period, then, is is probably the biggest exposure to the budget that we're trying to protect because if something was to happen with the celebrity talent in that time, say someone passed away sadly or if someone disgraced themselves or injured themselves and it was decided that they couldn't really proceed with that whole ad afterwards, the whole uh, filming would have to be redone. And that's where the policy would pay out within the right circumstances and terms and conditions of the policy. Of course, I have to caveat, but then at least it would protect the 800,000 pounds and enable the agency and the production company to reshoot with a different talent, which of course would be essential really to the brand because not many companies have got that kind of money lying around and also would not flinch at losing that kind of money overnight. So the key cover stage or one of the key cover stages is the post-production time leading up to the first big air date where the brand may have secured. Primetime TV, space, they may have bought expensive online time to feature this particular ad to reach their target audience. And that in itself also costs money. Of course you want to bring it in front of people at the right time when most people are either in front of their TVs or online uh, and in the right forums as well for those online people, which also comes at a pretty penny. If there's no advert to fill that time, that could also have serious consequential losses for for the brand because primetime media space also costs a lot of money and that exposure can also be included within the sums insured of the policy. It's not necessarily ring fenced around production spend and celebrity talent fees, the media spend can be included as well. Once the big air date has happened and throughout the initial airing of the advert itself, the big dramatic punch of the advert has been achieved. Hopefully lots of people will talk about it. People will look out for it or Google it and watch it again, just to see the funny side of it, the serious message of it, which, whichever it may be. And then after the initial wow factor of the advert when it does land, there is then sort of a sliding scale of importance as to what an insurer would pay out if there was a claim due to a celebrity dying or disgracing themselves in public. The options also would be, of course, depending on what the circumstances are, whether or not a full reshoot is required. If something happens in the post-production period of time or before it air-, air date itself, or if the shoot can be edited, if for example, there's more than one celebrity talent and you can still use the footage with the other celebrity talents in it, but only cut out the scenes that feature this particular person and then either not use them at all or replace them with someone else, or whether there's just supposed to be a, a payment made for the brand to then rethink what they want to do and then replace the ad with someone else once they've had time to secure a different talent altogether. But it's definitely quite a complex scenario when a claim happens, particularly after the air date itself, because of the assessment of the goodwill that the ad has already got compared to what the expectations were from the brand longer term for the duration that the ad was going to run for. So the policy, yes, is incredibly important as a thing to factor in when planning for an advertising campaign, especially when using celebrity talent, because claims could be anything from a few thousand pounds to tweak something to paying out millions, depending on what the sums insured are, how big the campaign is. Imagine having to insure celebrity talent in connection with a Super Bowl ad and then that going wrong in any way. And... The, the bought media time being lost, you know, it doesn't even bear thinking about. We did have a very sad case some time ago where one of our clients did a documentary about a very cool Indian motorbike gang, who were all ladies and it was quite unusual in India for for this little group to exist. And it was a lovely documentary that was running online. And sadly, one of the ladies passed away the documentary itself had sort of run its course, but the consideration then was what to do with it, whether to take it down or whether to edit it out, to cut this particular lady out of the story itself. And there it was a discussion mainly with the lady's family to see what they wanted and respect her wishes or their wishes and then act accordingly. And it was quite a sad, but also quite a, a good process to be through because of the consideration and kindness that was shown to the family, so that they had some input as well on what was to be done with the footage itself. Out of interest, what did the family decide in that instance? They actually decided to leave it running in her memory, because it was her passion, and it was what they thought she would have wanted. And so it was really nice, but it was good that the dialogue was there, and they were heard as well, and that she would have been respected for her wishes.
0: Thank you for sharing these stories with us, Maya, and thanks to both of you for your time today. You've given us a fascinating insight into the risks involved in this particular aspect of the production process and highlighted some important considerations for agencies and brands when it comes to working with celebrities. I'm looking forward to speaking to you both again soon. If you'd like to find out more about insurance for media businesses, please visit our website, www.valang.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you follow The Voice of the Lang so you never miss out on an episode.